Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to In Traffic with CT. I am uh, podcasting once again from the car, as I always do. I want to maximize my efficiency in the car as much as possible. So I either try to pop a podcast and maybe listen to a quick intellectual talk on YouTube, TED Talk, uh, or podcast. I think it's... uh, a great use of time. As I said, I love this Anchor app. I think it's a fantastic tool. I think it's a fantastic way to communicate and uh, really get your message out. So uh, one of the things that, uh, again, I, I obviously I talk about motivation, I talk about business, I talk about everything else, but um, you know, my life a little bit. But one of the topics that I don't think I've ever really touched upon yet and kind of save a little bit for a couple episodes in. So figure I'll talk about it. Um, it is uh, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, uh, Bitcoin, whatever you uh, want to call it. Don't profess myself to be a blockchain evangelist or a, uh, a blockchain engineer. Uh, it's definitely something I've read up on, studied on, but I definitely feel I'm not a novice in area as well. Um, I think I have a pretty good understanding uh, of what it is. Uh, I definitely can hold my own in a conversation when it comes to talking about it. And uh, yeah, so that's one of the things I am have been interested in. Um, first stumbled upon uh, the idea of Bitcoin blockchain. It's burned into my memory because I can see it uh, as I, uh, you know, to this day when I recall it. Um, it is November of 2009, and uh, Bitcoin is now, at the time, was trading at eight coins to one dollar. And it was a big article, extensive article on Wired about Silk Road. Uh, Silk Road was a, uh, a really the, I guess the the medium of exchange of Bitcoin uh, when you know first came out. Uh, it was the uh, the way that. Uh, People were buying and trading and selling drugs. I mean, that's really what it was. I mean, I feel like a lot of technology, if you look back, um, you know, it's rooted in illicit trade, uh, used and leveraged as illicit trade. And, you know, again, that's the the, the people uh, who always usually tend to discover technology are usually the ones, the first people to uh, exploit it for the, uh, the evil or the, the negative of it. And that's that's what, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, Bitcoin will be forever tied to. It'll be tied to uh, hacking. It'll be tied to cybersecurity and, and ransomware and drugs. Uh, and, you know, people will um, shit on it. People will uh, definitely, uh, you know, will... Uh, basically uh, tell you that, uh, you know, it's phony money, it's funny money, uh, it has no value, uh, and everything else, but uh, I'm in the camp of, uh, I think it's extremely valuable, Uh, I think it is one of the most underappreciated assets that are out there, Um, you know, at the time when I first discovered it, I didn't think it would be in less than 10 years, 20,000 a coin that hit in December of 2017, Um, but I also, uh, you know, didn't think it would uh, uh, be as as fast and, and growing in popularity as it did in, in, in that time frame. And, you know, the interesting thing about all of this is, is I think the, the overarching theme that people tend to forget uh, about Bitcoin, about blockchain technology, is that uh, it 
it's not just in a, a United States thing and an American thing. If you think about it in terms of, of the internet, uh, the dot-com bubble, uh, a lot of these things, these terms tend to be uh, synonymous with crypto and, and blockchain technology. They, they love to compare it. That was really just an American type of thing, right? Silicon Valley, late 90s, uh, early 90s. Uh, a bunch of people investing in the craziest thing, investing in websites, going to be the, the next latest and greatest thing, and, you know, the bubble pops, and everyone loses money, and everybody thinks the internet's going to go away, and sure enough, it didn't. Um, crypto is a little bit, I guess, like that. I think it's, but I think it cheapens the story if you just uh, box it into America and the United States, because I don't think it has anything to, the, the real story about this technology, um, I think has to really do with the second and the third world nations of, of the world, uh, places that don't have banking institutions, um, you know, places where smartphone technology is really only starting to come about now. Uh, it gives the user uh, the empowerment to buy and, and hold money, not just send money, uh, you know, hold money for monetary values and actually have a banking system when countries, uh, governments are corrupt or financial institutions are, are, are you know, just printing ungodly amounts of money. If you look at what's going on in places like, uh, I mean, the prime example I really feel was going to be a test case of the strength of Bitcoin is Venezuela. Uh, Venezuela suffering, you know, debilitating economic sanctions over the last couple of years. Um, you know, uh, governments that just aren't for the people, uh, only a select area of the people, and money basically essentially valueless uh, when it comes to uh, transactions. Uh, they're they're using Bitcoin. They they are taking Bitcoin to that level of uh, popularity in which uh, I don't think that you know. Thank God that we need here in America. Uh, I think if, if Bitcoin was used in a way that uh, Americans are using it, um, as they use it in Venezuela, we got a lot bigger problems than, you know, the money situation. Like, how do we find food? But yeah, there are, there are cases of people in Venezuela right now who are buying and trading Bitcoin, um, getting money in Venezuelan dollars, trading it over to Bitcoin because the hyperinflation that's happening in this country or that country is just, you know, debilitating. And, you know, if you don't have money, then you don't have people. You don't have uh, a quality of life. Uh, people are trading Bitcoin for cancer meds and cancer medication. I know that's that's uh, an article I remember reading about and hearing about. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a real deal thing. Uh, you know, that's that to me is the exciting story uh, about when it comes to cryptocurrency and, and blockchain technology it's taking, I think the figure is something like, uh, there's, call it 2 billion people in the world, rounded up, uh, have access to banks, uh, or some sort of banking institution, obviously mostly in Europe, Asia, and, and here in America, to an extent. Um, this is taking the rest of the, uh, what is there, 6 billion people in the world now, you know, maybe 6.5, let's round it up. 5 billion people out there that don't have access to banking uh, 
access to the mediums of exchange and putting them in the global economy, putting them in the internet, on the internet, where transactions are going to be there. Um, now, if you don't believe me that, you know, that there's no way that, that transactions like this will happen, well, I mean, I, I can point to an example outside of Venezuela um, is uh, a digital currency that's run on analog phones uh, by the name of M-Pesa. Uh, another uh, uh, story I, I heard in the early come-ups of Bitcoin is this M-Pesa where, you know, I mean, they have M-Pesa locations in and around Africa uh, where they load up and their, their M-Pesa at, at, a, at a kiosk um, and they conduct business that way. I mean, the fantastic, I, commerce and, and money is just been just a fascinating, fascinating history in itself. The medium of exchange, um, colorful pieces of paper that we, uh, that we print, you know, old dead leaders, or in some case the Queen of England on, uh, so we don't kill ourselves for goods and services, be it food, be it know, doing a job, whatever. That's basically what it is. Now, people want to sell it short and say, ah, we're never going to, you know, we're never going to use this. You know, as we get older and as we get mature with the comfortability of using cashless transactions, I mean, how many times do you go to the bank to take money out to pay for things? You know, how easy it is it to just conduct business with your card, with your debit card, with Apple Pay, with your Apple Watch, with anything else. These are real world situations that I think have primed us uh, to be accepting of digital currency. Now is the zillion dollar question, is it gonna be Bitcoin? Is Bitcoin the AOL of cryptocurrency? Um, you know, or one of the 90 different alternate currencies that are out there, uh, 90, 90 plus, I want to say at this point, uh, altcoins, uh, are they the answer? Is it Ripple? Is it Ethereum? Is it um, Tron? Is it, uh, you know, uh, NEO? I mean, what, 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 are these, what are these currencies and, and how do they differ is something that uh, you know, again, I don't have the time, nor I really think I have the brain power to explore each and every one of them, because that's like trying to explore every single stock on the stock market and try to, to pick the winning one. Um, you just got to go with the one that you, you think you have the best grasp of and the one that you believe in the most potential of. That's really what it comes down to. And, and hope to God that the person running the ICO isn't some fugazi prankster who's just going to take your money and buy a Lambo and then, you know, peace out and never be heard again because there's definitely stories about that. Um, it is so exciting. This is so such a revolutionizing way. Uh, you know, the last year, 2017, you know, I think the hype, definitely the, the cart got ahead of the horse as far as blockchaining the world. Um, I don't think that's going to happen you know, again, I was wrong about Bitcoin happening in, in, you know, nine years. So, you know, what do I know? But blockchaining the world, I don't think is going to happen because I just don't think we seriously have the amount of manpower or woman power for that matter, um, that can code and 
on code enough to 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 get this thing going and more importantly believe in the overall objective i mean if you look at blockchain and its core right it's decentralized trust not third-party trust so you have a private key which is about i believe it's uh, 21 characters long you know letters and numbers uh and then you have a public key which you know is generated for that transaction uh, so you held on to your private key for dear life because that is your access to your information, your money, whatever. Um, and, you know, your, your public key is something that you give out for that one-time transaction. So, you know, someone can put something in your block, your box, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, yeah, that's basically it. Now, today it's set up as, you know, one you're in one box and client B is in one box and you guys both send your respected information to a third party, let's say a bank, uh, and the bank verifies the transactions and then allows the transaction to happen. Usually it takes about three days uh, and banks pay handsomely and banks make a, a, the banking system is based upon this. If you wire a million dollars to somebody overseas, it takes three days and will take, and the bank will take ten thousand dollars for them to just say, "Okay, this is real." Whereas technology will say, "It's real, it's verified, make the transaction happen," and it can be seamless. That's that's what it comes down to, frictionless, and no one's getting a cut of ten Gs out of your system, out of your out of your pocket, essentially, right? So that essentially just flips everything on its head I mean now you could start I mean now you can start owning your data you can start owning your information you know there's no longer third parties that you have to sign up for that can essentially take your data take your information and sell it to Pepsi or sell it to to, to McDonald's or sell it to whoever so they can advertise you I mean, this is, this is the backbone of the internet and this is the backbone of the banking institution that we're talking about that we're flipping on its head. Is it going to work? I don't know. Um, I mean, is it, you know, it just takes one, you know, it's, they, they try to rip it down every single time you hear, you know, Bitcoin's dead, Bitcoin's, you know, blockchain's dead. I mean, for as many information and, and as much information articles out there about it happening again, uh, about it, you know, being the future. There's probably ten articles and 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 books out there that it's oh, and especially you know if you you tune into CNBC, those people love ripping it apart. Um, it's going, it's the, the it's a bust. So I mean, there's a there's a definitely a a tug of war of information happening right now as far as what camp you need to be in um, going forward. You know, how to best position yourself for what I think to be is the next industrial revolution because, you know, I don't want to be replaced by a robot. And I think there's a lot of stuff out there that's going to be replacing AI and robots, and, you know, AI and, uh, you know, with, with uh, as far as uh, skills. I think it's to, to learn this type of technology because it's going to be an in-demand, uh, it's going to be an in-demand skill. You know, whether it be blockchain, crypto, or even just implementing it 
speaking it, talking it, being an evangelist of it. Uh, there's, I mean, you can go on LinkedIn right now and, and everybody's a blockchain evangelist because that's the, the new hip thing to do. Um, I think that in order to make this a driver, you know, we got to simply get off, you know, Twitter. We got to get off, you know, the, the pie in the sky, the Lambos and going to the moon type of talk. And we got to stop writing white papers and we just got to start doing it. We just got to start, you know, getting together and understanding the technology and what it can do and really implementing it, breaking things, fixing them with it, and then finding out, you know, what's going to happen to it. Because I don't think that, I don't, I, I I don't think anybody's going to be making money off a blockchain because I think that it takes a lot of the money out of the out of the internet it takes a lot of the money you know the of the buying and selling of information from third parties it takes that away and takes your data back um so yeah i mean you know what, where's bitcoin gonna be i don't know fifty thousand thirty thousand twenty thousand ten thousand who knows uh i have no idea but what i do know is is that this is a very exciting time and this is something that you know i'm, I'm happy to be a part of so my uh, my uh, my ride's done. CT in traffic, in traffic with CT is uh, complete. And uh, have a good day. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to in traffic with CT. I am. Uh, podcasting once again from the car as I always do I want to maximize my efficiency in the car as much as possible so I either try to pop a podcast and maybe listen to a quick intellectual talk on YouTube TED talk uh, or podcast I think it's uh, a great use of time as I said I love this anchor app I think it's a fantastic tool I think it's a fantastic way to communicate and uh, really get your message out so uh one of the things that, uh, again, I, I obviously I talk about motivation, I talk about business, I talk about everything else, but um, you know my life a little bit. But one of the topics that I don't think I've ever really touched upon yet, and kind of save a little bit for a couple episodes in, so figure I'll talk about it. Um, it is uh, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, uh, Bitcoin, whatever you uh, want to call it. Don't profess myself to be a blockchain evangelist or a uh, uh, a blockchain engineer. Uh, it's definitely something I've read up on, studied on, but I definitely feel I'm not a novice in the area as well. Um, I think I have a pretty good understanding uh, of what it is. Uh, I definitely can hold my own in a conversation when it comes to talking about it. And uh, yeah, so that's one of the things I am have been interested in. Um, first stumbled upon uh, the idea of Bitcoin blockchain, it's burned into my memory because I can see it uh, as I, uh, you know, to this day when I recall it. Um, it is November of 2009 and uh, Bitcoin is now, at the time, was trading at eight coins to one dollar. And it was a big article, extensive article on Wired about Silk Road. Uh, Silk Road was a, uh, a really the I guess the the medium of exchange of Bitcoin uh, when you know first came out, uh, it was the uh, the way that uh, 
people were buying and trading and selling drugs. I mean, that's really what it was. I mean, I feel like a lot of technology, if you look back, um, you know, it's rooted in illicit trade, uh, used and leveraged as illicit trade. And, you know, again, that's the the, the people uh, who always usually tend to discover technology are usually the ones, the first people to uh, exploit it for the uh, the evil or the the negative of it and that's that's what uh you know unfortunately um bitcoin will be forever tied to it'll be tied to uh hacking it'll be tied to cybersecurity and and ransomware and drugs uh and you know people will um shit on it people will uh definitely uh you know will uh basically uh tell you that uh you know it's phony money it's funny money uh it has no value uh and everything else but uh, i'm in the camp of uh i think it's extremely valuable uh i think it is one of the most underappreciated assets that are out there um you know at the time when i first discovered it i didn't think it would be in less than 10 years twenty thousand a coin that hit in december of 2017 um but i also uh you know didn't think it would uh, uh, be as as fast and, and growing in popularity as it did in, in, in that time frame. And, you know, the interesting thing about all of this is, is that I think the, the overarching theme that people tend to forget uh, about Bitcoin, about blockchain technology, is that uh, it's not just in a, a United States thing and an American thing. If you think about it in terms of, of the internet... Uh, the dot-com bubble, uh, a lot of these things, these terms tend to be uh, synonymous with crypto and, and blockchain technology. They, they love to compare it. That was really just an American type of thing, right? Silicon Valley, late 90s, uh, early 90s, uh, a bunch of people investing in the craziest thing, investing in websites, going to be the, the next latest and greatest thing. And, you know, the bubble pops and everyone loses money and everybody thinks the internet's going to go away. And sure enough, it didn't. Um... Crypto is a little bit, I guess, like that. I think it's, but I think it cheapens the story if you just uh, box it into America and the United States because I don't think it has anything to, the, the real story about this technology, um, I think has to really do with the second and the third world nations of, of the world, uh, places that don't have banking institutions, um, you know, places where smartphone technology is really only starting to come about now. Uh, it gives the user uh, the empowerment to buy and, and hold money, not just send money, uh, you know, hold money for monetary values and actually have a banking system when countries, uh, governments are corrupt or financial institutions are are, are you know just printing ungodly amounts of money if you look at what's going on in places like uh, I mean the prime example I really feel was going to be a test case of the strength of Bitcoin is Venezuela uh, Venezuela suffering you know debilitating economic sanctions over the last couple of years um, you know uh, governments that just aren't for the people, uh, only a select area of the people, and money basically essentially valueless uh, when it comes to uh, transactions. Uh, they're 
they're using Bitcoin. They they are taking Bitcoin to that level of uh, popularity in which uh, I don't think that you know. Thank God that we need here in America. Uh, I think if if Bitcoin was used in a way that uh, Americans are using it um, as they use it in Venezuela, we got a lot bigger problems than you know the money situation. Like, how do we find food? But yeah, there are, there are cases of people in Venezuela right now who are buying and trading Bitcoin, um, getting money in Venezuelan dollars, trading it over to Bitcoin because the hyperinflation that's happening in this country or that country is just you know debilitating. And you know, if you don't have money, then you don't have people. You don't have uh, a quality of life. Uh, people are trading Bitcoin for cancer meds and cancer medication. I know that's that's uh, an article I remember reading about and hearing about. So yeah, I mean it's 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 a real deal thing. Uh, you know that's that to me is the exciting story uh, about when it comes to cryptocurrency and, and blockchain technology. It's, it's taking. I think the figure is something like uh, there's call it two billion people in the world rounded up uh, have access to banks uh, or some sort of banking institution obviously mostly in Europe Asia and and here in America to an extent Um, this is taking the rest of the uh, what is there six billion people in the world now you know maybe 6.5 let's round it up five billion people out there that don't have access to banking uh, or don't have access to mediums of exchange and putting them in the global economy, putting them in the internet, on the internet, where transactions are going to be there. Um, now, if you don't believe me that, you know, that there's no way that, that transactions like this will happen, well, I mean, I, I can point to an example outside of Venezuela um, is uh, a digital currency that's run on analog phones. Uh, by the name of M Pesa, uh, another uh, uh, story I, I heard in the early come ups of Bitcoin is this M Pesa, where you know I mean they have M Pesa locations in and around Africa uh, where they load up their their M Pesa at, at a at a kiosk um, and they conduct business that way. I mean the fantastic I commerce. And, and money is just been just a fascinating, fascinating history in itself. The medium of exchange, uh, colorful pieces of paper that we uh, that we print. You know, old dead leaders, or in some case, the Queen of England, on, uh, so we don't kill ourselves for goods and services. Be it food, be it you know, doing a job, whatever. That's basically what it is. Now, people want to sell it short and say, ah, oh, we're never going to, you know, we're never going to use this. You know, as we get older and as we get mature with the comfortability of using cashless transactions, I mean, how many times do you go to the bank to take money out to pay for things? You know, how easy it is it to just conduct business with your card, with your debit card, with Apple Pay, with your Apple Watch, with anything else? These are real-world situations that I think have primed us uh, to be accepting of digital currency. Now is the 
zillion dollar question, is it going to be Bitcoin? Is Bitcoin the AOL of cryptocurrency? Um, you know, or one of the 90 different alternate currencies that are out there, uh, 90, 90 plus, I want to say at this point, uh, altcoins, uh, are they the answer? Is it Ripple? Is it Ethereum? Is it um, Tron? Is it, uh, you know, uh, Neo? I mean, what, what, what are these, what are these currencies and, and how do they differ is something that, uh, you know, again, I don't have the time nor I really think I have the brain power to explore each and every one of them because that's like trying to explore every single stock on the stock market and try to, to pick the winning one. Um, you just got to go with the one that you, you think you have the best grasp of and the one that you believe in the most potential of. That's really what it comes down to. And, and hope to God that the person running the ICO isn't some fugazi prankster who's just going to take your money and buy a Lambo and then, you know, peace out and never be heard again because there's definitely stories about that. Um, it is so exciting. This is so such a revolutionizing way. Uh, you know, the last year, 2017, you know, I think the hype, definitely the, the cart got ahead of the horse as far as blockchaining the world. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, again, I was wrong about Bitcoin happening in, in, you know, nine years. So, you know, what do I know? But blockchaining the world, I don't think it's going to happen because I just don't think we seriously have the amount of manpower or woman power for that matter um, that can code and code enough to, to, to get this thing going and more importantly, believe in the overall objective. I mean, if you look at blockchain in its core, right, it's decentralized trust, not third-party trust. So you have a private key, which is about, I believe it's uh, 21 characters long, you know, letters and numbers. Uh, and then you have a public key, which, you know, is generated for that transaction. Uh, so you held on to your private key for dear life because that is your access to your information, your money, whatever. Um, and, you know, your, your public key is something that you give out for that one-time transaction. So, you know, someone can put something in your block, your box, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, yeah, that's basically it. Now, today it's set up as, you know, one you're in one box and client B is in one box and you guys both send your respected information to a third party, let's say a bank, uh, and the bank verifies the transactions and then allows the transaction to happen. Usually it takes about three days uh, and banks pay handsomely and banks make a, a, the banking system is based upon this. If you wire a million dollars to somebody overseas, it takes three days and will take, and the bank will take $10,000 for them to just say, okay, this is real. Whereas technology will say, it's real, it's verified, make the transaction happen. And it can be seamless. That's, that's what it comes down to, frictionless. And no one's getting a cut of 10 Gs out of your system, out of your, out of your pocket, essentially, right? So that essentially just flips everything on its head. I mean, now you could start... I mean, now you can start owning your data. You can start owning your information. 
you know, there's no longer third parties that you have to sign up for that can essentially take your data, take your information and sell it to Pepsi or sell it to, to, to McDonald's or sell it to whoever so they can advertise you. I mean, this is, this is the backbone of the internet and this is the backbone of the banking institution that we're talking about that we're flipping on its head. Is it going to work? I don't know. Um, I mean, is it, you know, it just takes one, you know, it's, they, they try to rip it down every single time you hear, you know, Bitcoin's dead, Bitcoin's, you know, blockchain's dead. I mean, for as many information and, and as much information articles out there about it happening again, uh, about it, you know, being the future, there's probably 10 articles and, and, and books out there that it's, oh, and especially, you know, if you, you tune into CNBC, those people love ripping it apart. Um, it's going, it's the, the, it's a bust. So, I mean, there's a, there's a definitely a, a tug of war of information happening right now as far as what camp you need to be in. Um, going forward, you know, how to best position yourself for what I think to be is the next industrial revolution because, you know, I don't want to be replaced by a robot. And I think there's a lot of stuff out there that's going to be replacing AI and robots, and, you know, AI and, uh, you know, with, with uh, as far as uh, skills. I think it's to, to learn this type of technology because it's going to be an in-demand, uh, it's going to be an in-demand skill, uh, you know, whether it be blockchain, crypto, or even just implementing it speaking it, talking it, being an evangelist of it, uh, there's, I mean, you can go on LinkedIn right now, and, and everybody's a blockchain evangelist, because that's the, the new hip thing to do, um, I think that in order to make this a driver, you know, we gotta simply get off, you know, Twitter, we gotta get off, you know, the, the pie in the sky, the Lambos, and going to the moon type of talk, and we gotta stop writing white papers and we just gotta start doing it. We just gotta start, you know, getting together and understanding the technology and what it can do and really implementing it, breaking things, fixing them with it, and then finding out, you know, what's gonna happen to it. Because I don't think that I don't I I, I don't think anybody's gonna be making money off of blockchain because I think that it takes a lot of the money out of the out of the internet, it takes a lot of the money, you know, the of the buying and selling of information from third parties. It takes that away and takes your data back. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, what, where's Bitcoin going to be? I don't know, fifty thousand, thirty thousand, twenty thousand, ten thousand. Who knows? Uh, I have no idea. But what I do know is is that this is a very exciting time, and this is something that you know I'm, I'm happy to be a part of. So. My, uh, my, uh, my ride's done. CT in traffic. In traffic with CT is, uh, complete. And, uh, have a good day.